Hello and welcome back as we call to order this session of Lexington's Marquee Soccer Podcast. And there's some big news for this episode. We have a name and a crest in colors. Officially now, we are Sporting Club Lexington. We got a dark green logo with a lime green horse on it. So cool, I guess. I mean, no one was going to be 100% pleased with this logo, but I actually really like the dark green on it. I think it's really evocative of the color of actual bluegrass. So I think that's cool. The fact that they chose the horse industry. We talked on this show about some components of our local area that they could key off of and they chose horses. They said they had a tip of the hat to the bourbon industry, but I disagree. I don't think that they succeeded in that if that's what they were trying, but they picked the horse industry. A horse guy owns the team. Makes sense. I like the dark green. The electric green normally I would like, except it's really close to what Greenville and Omaha already do, so meh. Um, But it's exciting to finally know what we're supposed to be rallying behind. Now it's time to just start building a team so that we actually have some people to root for and then on to playing games. Speaking of playing games, With USL League One season beginning in just a couple weeks, this month we're taking an opportunity to scout the league for the upcoming season so we can know exactly what kind of competition Lexington is entering into for 2023. We'll give a brief overview of who each of League One's 11 current teams are and identify them as a club Lexington should either emulate or avoid as they build their own identity and infrastructure. Hopefully you'll take some time to tune in to view uh, League One games over the course of this season and get a taste of our soon-to-be league, and maybe this preview can even help you pick a -a rent-a-team for the year, you know, someone that you can follow for the course of this season to help you get acclimated to the league before Lexington even kicks off. But without further ado, let's get started. The first team on our list is Central Valley Fuego, one of two expansion sides entering the league this year. Fuego are actually a rebirth of sorts, as the previous iteration of the Fuego were so successful that a rich owner bought them and moved them up to the championship as Fresno FC, where they were ultimately folded despite wild on-the-field success. Fuego are a team that has steered hard into local identity in a way that Lexington should definitely try to emulate. Their front office put out a bilingual podcast attempting to activate all corners of Fresno, California's soccer community, and they have put special emphasis on bringing home Fresno players such as Villian Bijev, Nathan Smith, and Anthony Velarde, all three of whom should thrive in League One. If Lexington are able to build a core of talented players with local roots, all the better as it should make the team feel like part of the community from day one. Charlotte Independents are definitely a team whose path Lexington should avoid at all costs. Their ownership is plagued with controversy and just generally terrible all around. Last year when they were playing in the championship, they made some noise by bringing in former Premier League players Gabriel Obertan and Sylvain Marveau to kick off a playoff run in their newly renovated downtown stadium, but immediately after the season, they made the unsurprising decision to blow up their team and self-relegate to League One now that Charlotte has a competing MLS team in town. Traveling to that stadium should be great, and there are surely some good people in this organization, but on the whole, let's try to avoid any and all comparisons to Charlotte. Chattanooga Red Wolves are a founding member of League One and recently completed a beautiful brand new stadium, which is definitely worth emulating. However, their stadium would fall into my Plan B type category as it isn't in downtown Chattanooga and they're kind of not even the coolest team in their city. That would be Chattanooga FC, who are fan-owned member of NISA, also in the third tier of the American Soccer Pyramid. However, They have also had a strong emphasis on youth development right from square one as head coach and technical director Jimmy Obleda signed a bevy of promising young Californians that he was familiar with from his time coaching in the Golden State. But the fact that they aren't from Tennessee feels like it misses the boat a little bit. 
as players feel more like mercenaries than community members. Still, it's not actually a bad thing to bring talent in from elsewhere and let them become part of your community, so on the balance, Chattanooga are still probably a team to emulate. The Flamingos of Forward Madison are worth emulating right off the bat in every way but their front office chaos. They came out of the gates blazing with spectacular PR and marketing campaigns, a huge wave of fan support, exciting jerseys and merchandise and success on the field. They're on their third coach in four seasons, however, and their success on the field has waned with all this turnover. Still, they've proven that they have built an engine for success with their fan support and branding anyway, so as long as they can find a conductor for this runaway train, they're definitely a team that we would look to emulate. We've already talked at length about Greenville, but just say it again, they're the class of this league. They have consistency in the front office and coaching staff, great fan support, and are already deeply ingrained in their community, and they succeed wildly on the field. The more we can copy from Greenville, the better. Just like their North Carolina compatriots in Charlotte, Raleigh's NCFC are another self-relegated championship side that made the choice to drop down to D3. They do a pretty good job in bringing in young loan players, but on the whole, this isn't a team we want to emulate. At present, they look more like a team just trying to survive and get by than one building something special in their community to compete on the field. Northern Colorado, on the other hand, are definitely worth emulating, if only for their wild home run swings and player acquisition. The 2022 expansion side brought in extremely strong and still young championship players to build their spine in their inaugural season with forward Irvin Para and center backs Breck Evans and Leo Falla under rookie head coach Eamon Zaid. It remains to be seen if they'll manage to be any good in their first ever season, but everything they did from team name and crest to player acquisitions for their expansion season are exactly the kind of decisions I hope Lexington will make. Richmond Kickers are a legacy club in American soccer, and if anything, I'd like Lexington to just try to emulate their staying power. Despite repeated downturns and adversity, their team has weathered it all and kept up a core group of their community engaged and involved. Also, that longevity unsurprisingly helped the development of one of the stronger, if only because it's been around longer, academy systems in the league, which is also a long-term goal for Lexington. Paired with that announcement of the new crest and logo was the not-so-well-hidden, but it didn't need to be news that LFC and Commonwealth Soccer, the two academy programs in Lexington, are going to merge and become the academy of Lexington's sporting club. So, if that ends up being a success, then that succeeds at one long-term goal for Lexington of building this recruiting system and developing talent in our city and our area. Definitely worth emulating. South Georgia Tormenta are another long-term club in American soccer with a similar profile to Richmond as far as success is concerned, but what they do do that I'd like to see Lexington focus on as well is they work hard to scout domestic talent throughout the country and competing leagues. I'd love it if Lexington could become a hub for talent development and acquisition throughout the country, so that's definitely worth emulating. FC Tucson are Phoenix Rising's B team, which doesn't leave a lot worth emulating. They do develop young players for their parent club, but ultimately when you're a team that answers to a higher agenda for the betterment of another separate roster, it makes things difficult. And while they do succeed on the field, it's just that as a fan, I feel like I'd feel like an oversight in that situation. Finally, Union Omaha are another team we already did a deep dive on, but needless to say, much like Greenville, the more we can copy from them, the better. Of particular note are the enormous fan support they have relative to their status in the American Soccer Pyramid and the superb way they integrated this team at the top of the Great Plains soccer ecosystem. Hiring a coach from a local university immediately plugged them into their local network of players, coaches, and personnel, which not only helped them succeed immediately on the field, but also led to immediate community connection with the club. We've already discussed the abundance of riches in the soccer ecosystem around Lexington, ranging as far north as Cincinnati and as far east as Marshall and Huntington, West Virginia, so if Lexington can harness that power in a 
professional landscape, they're bound to succeed. So there you have it, some brief bios of the teams that will soon be our opponents in League One. Like I said before, I would definitely recommend you go ahead and pick a rented team and try to start following this league on ESPN Plus for this season. Not every week maybe, but you know, get a feel for the league, watch, maybe learn some players who might end up on our squad next year. Other than that, the only thing to do, I guess, is keep waiting to see if this stadium gets built so that we can slap this new logo on everywhere downtown. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon.